Welcome to the show. We're going to do a WWE Money in the Bank recap and then a UFC 276 Adesanya versus Cannoneer recap. And it's time. It's time to get the podcast back going. And here we are. And the WWE uh, did a good job keeping all the people that signed up for this Money in the Bank involved. So, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, Liv Morgan defeats Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Shotzi, Raquel Rodriguez, and Lacey Evans in a Money in the Bank ladder match. And uh, it's this plays out a little bit later, too, when she goes to cash in the Money in the Bank match. But ultimately, uh, all the women really put on a show here and kind of set the stage. You know, you you knew what you were going to be looking for later on down the road. Uh, in this, in this pay-per-view type event on Peacock, uh, that they had live streaming, but it was good. Um, I could say that they made Raquel Rodriguez like really a beast. Shotzi had a lot of good parts. Uh, Alexa Bliss, she had some good moves. Lacey Evans was heavily involved. Becky Lynch, um, had a couple opportunities to win it. Asuka really never had a chance to win it. Maybe one time in that match. But all but ultimately Liv Morgan finally gets out of Rhea Ripley's shadows. I think that's the storyline that's been built for her. And then we go to and it's a great match for all these women. And then we go to Bobby Lashley versus uh, Austin Theory and he defeats Austin Theory to win the United States Championship. And it was really uh like two different styles. You got Bobby Lashley, who's like super strong, super aggressive, um, a lot of uh, suplexes and slams and power bombs, and then you have Austin Theory, and he's more of like a high flyer. He's kind of all over the place, but I he's like he's really talented. So you know I'm not against him at all. He had a really nice clothesline on Bobby Lashley and ultimately that was a great match for them to make and to follow up uh that women's ladder match. Uh so I was really into that Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory match f- just for the sake of Austin Theory getting the experience and it goes back to kind of what you're seeing on the bottom where I said, you know, this showcases the up and coming talent with kind of those superstars like Bobby Lashley. So then we move on to Bianca Belair defeating Carmella to retain the Raw Women's Championship. And Bianca Belair is a beast. She was really handling Carmella in this match. Carmella did some nice things, but it just it, it wasn't for her to win. It just wasn't for her to win. And that's kind of what it boiled down to here. And Bianca Belair, like I told my friend, you know, she hasn't had the belt long enough for them to like really be thinking about, oh, we're going to go ahead and just make you lose it all of a sudden. Like, I didn't see that coming. Then you got the Usos defeating the Street Profits. That was a long ass match, boy, for the Street Profits to lose the way they did. And uh, their costume was so like ragtag, like. Just, just 
the whole the whole thing was was kind of a spoof but like what are you gonna do you know what i mean so here's the usos and it just it it feels like they're kind of in that same boat with roman reigns like they don't really lose too much it doesn't feel like so the usos are still that that team to beat but the street profits they showed a lot of promise um and then they're very talented so I'm looking forward to more matches from the Street Profits as opposed to the Usos, as you know what you're going to get. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defeats Natalya. Uh, Liv Morgan uh, defeats Ronda Rousey to win the SmackDown's Women's Championship. Um, so the way it worked out was Ronda Rousey beats Natalya in a pretty good match. A little bit slower match, like it's kind of slowed down from earlier, and even the Bianca Belair Carmella match had a really good pace to it. This was more like slowed down, methodical. So then you had uh, Ronda Rousey kind of get over the top. Natalia kind of helps her get over the top, kind of again for some reason. They're still putting Ronda Rousey over, but then Liv Morgan comes down. Like, wait a minute. Rhonda, you're not done. I'm going to cash in this money in the bank. I just won on this event right now. Almost loses, but then she wins and beats Rhonda. So then that, that was that. So then you had uh, Austin Theory come back out as the eighth man in the what was supposed to be the seven-man ladder match for the money in the bank uh, men's uh, uh, runner-up, you know what I mean, title contender here. So... Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss, Omos, who was dominated and then got dominated, Riddle, Sami Zayn, Seth freaking Rollins, and Sheamus. And uh just feels like Sheamus doesn't really isn't really winning anything. So I thought that was a little weird they didn't give him a shot here. Um Seth Rollins had he had his opportunities. He did some some good things. Sami Zayn really was kind of just the odd man out. Riddle had a, had a couple moments to shine in there by himself. Omos stole the show for sure. Drew McIntyre kind of just in the in the in the middle of the pack there. Like he he had some some good moves. Like at one point they're just piling ladders on top of Omos. But Austin Theory, you know, it felt like well they brought him down here. Is he really gonna lose? Like I've seen this story too many times. So when he went, when he won, I knew it was happening. So you get Austin Theory. Now he's gonna get another shot for the belt, and and he's really talented. He should. So I'm really not against it. But like I said, you don't really have to spend too much time with these because some of them you just maybe like the Bianca Belair. You could really tell. Like there's no way she's gonna lose this quick. Like you got to give it at least another two months before it's that much adversity because then it makes more sense. I don't know. It just makes more sense from a storyteller's perspective. So don't forget my books out now badge in the shadows. You can go and, and I'll have a link for you in the description below and I'll be right back. We're going to break down UFC. Thanks for staying with me this far. I am back and we are talking about UFC 276. Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier, and we're going to start 12 fights to talk about. 
Uh, we're going to start with Jessica Rose Clark on the early prelims with Julia Strolli Anko and in the women's bantamweight division, you had a quick fight. Like this was super quick, and I was on the other side. Like uh, I went six out of twelve, so I got half half wrong, half right. And it was just a, a pick'em for a lot of these fights. To be honest with you, like you don't don't build too much into the odds when you're picking winners. You know, you just want to understand who's got the better opportunity to win and the and the heads up. So Jessica Rose Clark really came out, looked like, you know, she had came out to the Shawn Michaels music. We we're just talking about WWE. She's got the Shawn Michaels theme song playing. Everything looks good. And I'm not going to knock her because I like her. But what I'm saying is she came out there and it, it, the vibe felt right. The pick felt right. I can't see how it can go wrong. And here comes Julia Strolenko eating all that pasta eating all that freaking steak and lobster. And here she comes, and she was, boy, as soon as she got hit with something that felt wrong, she took that shit serious, boy. She grabbed her arm. She held on that shit. It was over. It it was over. And she held on the arm, snapped that girl's arm. And that was, that was the end of that fight. And that was a quick one. Shit, 42 seconds in that bitch. Uh... Something like that, and then it was over. And then you had the next fight, Macy Barber versus Jessica I. This was a good fight. This was a fight that everybody thought that Macy Barber was going to get steamrolled. Well, she wasn't going to get steamrolled. Let me tell you why. Because uh, Jessica is not not at that point in her career where she's doing that. A lot of people thought Jessica I might be the one to get steamrolled too. You know what I mean? Because there was a lot of that out there. But either way, no one was getting steamrolled here because both of them put up a good fight. And Macy Barber just did more damage. She was just putting out more strikes and, and, and the output was just higher. She was just on a better a better level. She was just in... Uh, better conditioning too, and and, just, and not to knock Jessica I because I've always been a fan of hers, but it's hard not to be a fan of, of fighters. But with Jessica I, she just didn't get aggressive early. She got aggressive late in the fight, which is good, but that wasn't going to be enough. So Macy Barber wins by decision. It goes all three rounds, and you know how that goes when the judges they're looking at who's doing the most damage, in my opinion. So then you get Andre Munez versus Uriah Hall. And it says Uriah Hall only landed six significant strikes. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what it says. I don't think that's right for three three rounds. I don't know. If it is, that's something. But Andre Munez, he landed 17 strikes, but he had the four takedowns. And uh, Uriah Hall really didn't, he didn't really have an answer. But he had an answer sometimes. It just, it was late when he had an answer, like the end of the second round. And it just, it was coming late when he had an answer. But it looked like he didn't get the fight that he wanted. And, uh, he didn't, you know, he's not able to defend the, the takedown against that type of grappler. Um, and that type of, that type of wrestling is just too high level. 
So Andre Munez wins that one. That one surprised me. I thought Uriah Hall was going to give him a run for his money there. So, I mean, it happens. And then uh, Brad Tavares versus uh, Drakus Duplassis. And that one, all three rounds, surprised. I thought that would have ended sooner because I thought Tavares was getting him with some good, some good shit in that second round, first round stuff. But it didn't. It wasn't an, it wasn't enough because if you look at this this dude from uh was it from South America or something like that or South Africa um he was just on fire he landed 113 uh significant strikes like dude I'm telling you this guy was on fire and you see that sometimes from fighters where they're just landing they're just throwing and landing but I swear to you, it just felt like every time he was landing something, he was getting hit with something. And it was just a back and forth. It was just a drag it out. Who can beat who? Who's better than who down this stretch here? And, you know, when you when you get guys uh, like uh, this Duplessis du who's been knocking people out, it's kind of like no one's talking about him. They jump up and surprise you, man. They jump up and surprise you. They really do because you don't really think of it like that. You're looking at it like, oh, he's, you know, he's got a couple fights. He's knocked a couple people out. There's a lot of guys like that. What's going to separate him from the next? Well, this is the type of fight that's going to do that against Brad Tavares, who's actually gotten better. He actually got better. So that's why I was surprised because for a long time, Tavares was looking very, very comfortable. And then somewhere in that second round, that's game plan. His game plan started falling apart because now he was just seeing this guy take everything he could give him and it wasn't folding him. So I think that kind of discouraged him a little bit. It felt like, and he wasn't able to, to kind of re- duplicate that success he had in early in the fight and Tavares ended up losing. So that one did surprise me because, uh, that F, you know, my instinct really was pick him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm going to side with Tavares He's a little bit more experienced in the UFC cage, but yeah, this duplicity dude is just hot right now and he didn't knock him out or submit him. All he did was take it to the judges, so I mean it could have went either way, but it did feel like towards the end of that fight that Duplessis was kind of getting them and getting after it. And you know that's a fight I can't even lie. You might see that fight again at some point later down the road. I don't know what that fight will look like at that point or anything about it, but I would like to see that one again because, um. Now you know what you're going to get from those two when they do fight. So you had another brawl that went with Gabe Green and Ian Gary. And Gabe Green's a beast. He's going to take damage and give damage. And he's going to outlast people. But Ian Gary, the future, them first two rounds, he he won that fight in them first two rounds. Scored the knockdown. um, was, Was hitting Gabe Green with some really good stuff. Um, got the takedown. Gabe Green got a takedown too. That was a big one, but not enough to decide a fight. And Ian Gary landed 116 significant strikes. Gabe Green landed 90. 
And I I was impressed with Gabe Green more than Ian Gary, to be honest with you, because I, I knew what I was getting with Ian Gary when I picked him. And he won by decision. But I was impressed with Gabe Green for hanging in there the way he did. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think that fight would go that way. And Gabe Green really, like, man, you got to respect him. And I already did. I already knew he was tough. You know, that kind of Kevin Holland toughness. And it's just like, he just, he's that mentally he's tough, you know. So he wasn't, you weren't, you weren't going to be able to get him out of there. And I think Ian Gary figured that out in like the third round. That I need to just cool off a little bit and recuperate because I'm not getting this dude out of there. You know what I mean? And then Gabe Green was able to land some good stuff. But it wasn't nothing that was going to put him out. But it was some good stuff he was throwing back. 90 significant strikes. That tells a story. And a takedown. So he, he you know, he gave him a good, a good fight. Then you had the Legends. Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone. Whoever wins is the all-time winner in UFC history. That's what they said at the beginning of the fight. And the winner's Jim Miller, man. And I picked him. I picked Jim Miller because Donald Cerrone at this point in his career is not the same. And all he could hope for is a flash knockout at this point against this type of this talent level. The UFC is way too deep. You know, and Jim Miller is still tough as nails. And he showed you got this. He got that submission with the guillotine choke, trapped his arm in the guillotine choke. Like that's tough to do. You got to be very strong to hold not, not only onto the neck, but also onto the arm and tuck it in there. That's just strength, boy. So Jim Miller earned that one and he's still fighting. He's, he didn't hang it up, but Cerrone did hang it up and he has. Like, it's a great career for Cerrone because he's a champion. He's done great things in his life. Like that the BMF ranch, you know, it's for, you know, historic and shit. You know what I mean? And you got Jim Miller, who not a UFC champion, but has like all these great fights and like all these great, impressive showings. And now he's like got something to stand on. Like, hey. Like, and I mean, he, you know, to him, I'm sure he has a lot to say, but like from the average fan, you'd be like, that's the guy who had the most wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a story now to tell that that's a good documentary. So Jim Miller, yeah, he just earned himself a documentary with that win. So then you've got Jalen Turner versus Brad Riddell. That didn't last long. Like, I thought it was going to go a little bit longer. But you've seen the you've seen the talent difference right off the bat. Jalen Turner, he is the tarantula boy. He was way bigger than Brad Riddell as far as like the size looked at lightweight. And Brad Riddell was in there for like forty five seconds, boy, and he was out of there. Submitted uh, quickly with the guillotine choke. Had no chance to get out of it, and it was early. And it's the worst time to get. A submission thrown on you is early when the guy's got all the strength. And he's good at it, right? Like, Jalen Turner's really good. So, that was a quick fight. Boom. In and out. Jalen Turner picked him. Knew he was going to win. Did not expect him to. I did pick him to win by submission. But I didn't think he was going to do it that early. I thought, you know, we get a little bit of time. You know what I'm saying? So, but I did think he would submit him because I've seen him do it before. So, I knew I've, I've seen the proof that he can do it on this level. Then you had the no contest, kind of a dud. You know, Sean O'Malley, who I love Sean O'Malley. Who doesn't like this guy? First Pedro Munoz. 
who's a real lethal assassin in there. And uh, it was shaping up to be something. Like, it was getting better after the first round, kind of just a feel-out round. The second round was heating up, and O'Malley kicked him in the balls, and then O'Malley poked him in the eye. And then he's like, nah, fuck that, man. I don't want to fight you no more. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest, I don't want to fight him either. You kick me in the balls and poke me in the eye. I'm not fighting you. Fuck you. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I I don't care who you are. I'm not fighting you after that. So then, you know, what can you do? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarina. And that was just a, uh, a scrap. Like, nobody knew when that fight was going to end. But you had a feeling that that fight couldn't go the distance. That you had two guys who it just wasn't going to work out. And Brian Barberina landed 147 uh, significant strikes. Robbie Lawler landed 81 significant strikes. And Barberina, uh, I can't even lie, man. He, he really impressed me with that one. I thought Robbie Lawler was going to catch him. And, uh, Robbie Lawler was hitting him with some good shit in that first round, almost ended the fight. And in the second round, he hit him with some good shit too. But then late in that fight, uh, in that second round, uh, Barbarina turned on the heat boy and he sensed that Lawler was fading and Lawler just so big and muscular that they're just, he's not getting enough oxygen to his muscles and he couldn't throw his arms no more. So it was just, it was about to be over no matter what, because Barbarina's just, He's got power when the fight slows down. He's got a lot of power, and that's how we won the fight at welterweight right there. 147 significant strikes. Robbie Lawler, 81. That's impressive for uh, where he's where he's at in his career and how long he's been fighting. I don't how long is he gonna fight? You know what I mean? That's that's a long time Lawler's been fighting. Alex Perea versus Sean Strickland. Whoa, that was quick. No, I don't know who expected that fight to go that way, but if you called that one, that's good. That's a good pick because, whew, Sean Strickland. I really like Sean Strickland, man, and I had him to win that, and he got just crunched. He just got crunched. And Alex Perea, 20 through 25 punches, didn't even feel like he threw that many punches. Maybe that one flurry of punches where he finished them, and that was it. And it came early that it we didn't even hit three minutes in that fight before that bell was ringing. So Sean Strickland, I don't know. He that was his opportunity right there. So the only thing I could tell you is that now Perea is going to go fight Adesanya in the future. Then Strickland at some point will get that winner. Um, if he wins his next fight, maybe his next two fights now because he kind of back took a step back there but uh, I do think he'll rebound well from that because now he knows you know what I'm saying like the the level like the level of power is just going to be stronger than your jaw anytime in the UFC and Sean Strickland's got a jaw so I mean that just tells you the level of power that uh, Perea has so now you got Max Holloway who takes on Volkanovsky and Holloway landed 127 significant strikes. He fought hard, but he did not do anything different than any of the other fights. And as a matter of fact, he, he didn't do as good as the other two fights. He did better in the other two fights. 
So that's that's got to be it right there because Volkanovski almost landed 200 strikes. 200. You're kidding me, man. Like, Max Holloway get hit with 200 pieces just about. And Volkanovski was not slowing down. He could have won a whole other couple rounds. So, I don't know, man. That that dude's just a freaking nature. And uh, he's making all the Aussies proud, and, and they're all happy, and that's all good and stuff. But, I mean, just, like, put some respect on him at featherweight. Put some respect on him at featherweight as one of the best because the way he fights, man, that was impressive. That's, like, what you expect from uh, a champion. And now he's just been dominant as a uh as a as a champion in the UFC. 199 significant strikes and uh one by decision. And and I think to me he took all five rounds. There wasn't any round that I even thought Holloway got close to winning. Nah, I'm not even gonna try to stun or pull a fast one. Nope. It was Volkanovski all day. Cruise control. Last fight, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. And this was the last fight of uh, UFC. And you had Israel Adesanya, who he came out to the Undertaker's theme song. You knew he wasn't going to lose when he came out to Undertaker's theme song. Walking with the urn. Perfect. Played it perfect. Cannonier, that was his opportunity, man. And you only get so many, and that was his, and he knows it. And uh, he landed 90 uh, significant strikes. He was attempting to get some takedowns, but it just wasn't the right recipe. The recipe, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't have passed. It wasn't going to pass the test because Israel Adesanya is too good, and he you you have to you have to have something. You have to have a secret weapon. You got to have that. One punch, like, that you can just finish them with or that kick, that that type of kick, that uh, Michael Chandler kick. You know what I mean? You got to have that secret weapon to beat a guy like him. Or you got to do it with the wrestling, and that's only going to happen if he jumps up a weight class. Not in this weight class. At middleweight, no one's going to wrestle him down because he's already fought the best wrestlers at middleweight. So the only chance you got is to land that flash knockout on him, and that's not probably going to happen. Uh, I don't really see that happening to uh, Adi. So great fight for him. Uh, in my mind, he he did have a good fight. And every time I looked up, he was doing great. He was doing what a champion should do, avoiding a lot of damage. You know, those significant strikes, 90, 90 significant strikes from Cannoneer, not 90 of them to the head. You know what I'm saying? He didn't take 90 to the head, not at all. Those were on the arm, shoulder, body, leg. So it wasn't even all to the head. No, he didn't take that to the head. That's not what it means. But when you see this type of fight, you just know that it's time for Adesanya to get that opponent like uh, Perea. So we're, everybody's going to be wanting to see that fight. And uh, that's what I'm going to leave you with. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. My book is out. Badge in the Shadows. Don't forget, Badge in the Shadows ebook is out. A paperback coming soon. Audiobook coming soon. Stay tuned. And uh, the next book uh, in the series will be uh, available next year. Um, I'm, that's what I'm planning on. I have a short story for Halloween that I'm going to release. 
Um, there's more music coming. Make sure to check out my music channel. And uh, we're just going to keep the, the ball rolling on things uh, here. And, and that's all I can tell you. Other than that, stay tuned on oddmanout.ninja for all the information uh, about anything I'm doing, anything I'm working on. And uh, I'll be back very soon with another podcast for you. So make sure you're subscribed so you see me when I come through. Um, depending how that WWNXT uh, 2.0, the uh, Great American Bash is, then you'll see me on Wednesday or uh, Thursday. So until next time, thank you for tuning in. And just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everybody.